Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. (laughs) I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Where else to begin but the just sad, pathetic, embarrassing display of baseball that we had in the twin bill doubleheader between the Mets and the Miami Marlins. And I'm going to take a page out of Mets general manager Brody Van Wagen's playbook because I can't believe I'm actually taking something out of Brody's playbook. And no, it's not one of his suits. It's not a slick back hair. It's not the uh, nice fancy sunglasses. No, it's none of that stuff. It's the word choice that he used in talking with members of the media in discussing that we are not in the business of making excuses. So you know what we're going to do right now? For anybody who is listening, who wants to call up and say, well, JJ, you're being too harsh on the Mets tonight. You're being too unfair to the Mets tonight because they haven't played a baseball game since last Wednesday. Well, guess what? Listen to your general manager, who I'm no fan of. Listen to his words. So if the general manager is not going to make excuses, then why in the world am I or any of you going to make an excuse for that joke of a performance that we saw in game one and then again in game two in the doubleheader? And I want you to understand something. You did not go into this doubleheader facing... Steven Strasburg and Max Scherzer. You did not face one premier pitcher. What you ended up facing is basically two rookie starters who had a combined four starts of experience. Let that sink in for a minute. Two rookie starters, four starts of experience, and you go and get shut out in the doubleheader in both games. The first time the Mets have done that in a doubleheader, going all the way back to 1975. And in many ways, folks, considering what we have seen from this team offensively all year, it shouldn't come as that much of a shock. Even though I was dumb enough to maybe invest in the Mets in game two of the doubleheader, which was probably the dumbest decision I've made in quite a while. So, you know, 
Shame on me. But the at-bat quality with nobody on base, even worse, the at-bat quality with runners on base is just beyond pathetic. In case you're wondering, the Mets in these two games with runners in scoring position, a combined 0-4-15. You give me the guy in the Met lineup, Odds are I'm going to find you a couple of ducks that were left on the pond. And there are going to be certain whipping boys that we get to, I think, throughout the course of this show. But I think one thing needs to be made clear. The stars on this team from a year ago, Pete Alonzo and Jeff McNeil, have come nowhere close to giving you the sort of performance that we saw from basically start to finish last year. Listen, I like both of these guys. I think they're both terrific players. I think they're very easy to root for. But I got to be fair. I mean, I'm waxing poetic about Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil. All season, all pandemic, yada, yada, on and on we go. They haven't hit. Just when I think Pete Alonso is about to really get going, he gives you these terrible at-bats that you saw here on Tuesday night. McNeil, Jeff McNeil, for anybody who's been paying attention, has not looked like the all-fields, spray-the-ball-over-the-place stud that he was a season ago. So your star players have to perform. The Mets' star players in over a month of action have not been good enough. Anybody who is going to try to tell me otherwise, folks, you're not watching the same games that I'm watching. So I want to make sure I threw that in there before I get to some of the other ridiculous things I saw here in this baseball game. And I mean ridiculous. All right, let's get to game two. And me roasting this particular player is going to sound cruel. And it's going to sound Unfair, And it's going to sound maybe to some of you unreasonable because you know what? Ali Sanchez is not a major league catcher. And I get it. He shouldn't be here right now because Tomas Nito is not available to the New York Mets. But man, you want to talk about a lack of organizational depth. That is the catcher you're going to bring up to play a game for you because he looked like a guy who couldn't do anything right. I mean, his at-bats, I feel like I could have gotten one of the guys playing in the uh, Mid-Island, Staten Island Baseball League in the top division, maybe one of the top hitters. And I guarantee you, I could have stuck him up there for two at-bats, and I probably would have got a better result. I mean, he was just swinging through fastball after fastball. And this is where I got to take Luis Rojas to task. These are seven-inning double-headers. These are not nine-inning double-headers. After you watch Sanchez, first at bat, whiff, bases loaded, awful, awful, awful at bat. How do you allow him another at bat? Game's in the fourth inning. And I know Wilson Ramos has not been tearing a cover off the ball, and he has not hit as well as he did a year ago. You're telling me Wilson Ramos can't pinch hit there and catch the last three innings? Give me a break. The guy had not caught a game in, what, four or five days? 
And we are talking about seven-inning double headers. That is outrageous. That's one. Then you get to Sanchez in the seventh inning. And we know Birdie is a speedster for the Marlins. And he likes to make things happen out in the base paths. Steals second. Then you got J.D. Davis completely asleep at the wheel. And J.D. Davis did not have a good doubleheader. Between getting picked off in the first game and then having the mental gaffe here in the second game. Unacceptable. Sorry. Unacceptable. Delayed still happens. He goes to third. Then, and this is the kicker. And not that I believed for a minute the Mets were going to come back in the top half of the seventh inning. I don't know. It's a little weird. The Mets are playing at home at City Field, and yet they're the road team in the second game. But hey, forget about all that. The icing on a cake, in many ways, to what we watched, was that hideous, and I mean hideous, exchange between Sanchez and Familia, where Sanchez doesn't look birdie back at all. He's taken... A monster secondary lead. Sanchez basically throws a lollipop back to Familia. And you got Birdie basically doing the swim and the stumble. Reminding me of Enrique Wilson in 1998 in the Chuck Knobloch bubble game, bubble gum play, where basically Enrique Wilson was stumbling. That's what I felt like watching with Birdie. Birdie was stumbling around home. And yet he still makes it in safely because Sanchez throws a lollipop back to Familia and then Familia basically spikes it right into the ground or airmails it, whatever it was. It was a god-awful throw. I mean, this is the sort of baseball that we watched. That's not major league baseball quality. That's embarrassing. You could live with a no-show like this if your team was playing really well. If you had three or four really good weeks, you had a four or five-day layoff, and you know what? Your record is good. Your overall situation is good, and there's a lot to feel good about. Right now, there's not a lot to feel good about with the Mets. I'm sorry. There's not. I don't care eight teams make the playoffs. I don't care if they're only a couple of games out. They have not played good baseball. Try to find me on this. It is impossible to do. They have played, for the most part this year, like absolute garbage. And now I got to watch the Miami Marlins do that to them. Shut them out in consecutive games. Watch these metal lapses. Watch some of this hideous defense. Watch the team continue to fail miserably with runners in scoring position. And then all of a sudden I got to paint, you know, a rosy, optimistic, sunny picture. Good luck. Got to call a spade a spade. That was as dreadful as it gets. Dreadful. Then I got to get to Luis Rojas. And listen, Luis Rojas seems like a decent enough guy. Seems like a guy who's easy to root for. I got to hear Luis Rojas tell me after the game that our team played pretty well in the first game. I, I, I mean, Luis, honestly, what am I missing here? You played well. You got shut out. You got shut out by Marlon pitching that is is in, inexperienced and is like basically is you know youthful and is, is I can't even think of the words to use. 
crazy. Don't sit there and lecture me and tell me they played well. Drives me nuts. It's fine that Rojas showed you some sense of accountability at the end of the second game. From J.D. Davis to the Sanchez play. Because it's a reflection of you as the manager. But then I got to figure out what in the world the Mets were thinking in taking Seth Lugo out when he basically threw 40 pitches after three innings. I mean, maybe I, I misheard this. Maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. But wasn't it supposed to be 50 to 60 pitches, give or take? And, you know, based upon what I saw, and I don't think my eyes deceived me in watching because I can remember all of the misgivings from the Mets here on Tuesday night. Seth Lugo seemed to be a guy that was very much cruising for the first three innings. It was free and easy. He easily could have gone and given you another inning. And I get the argument, oh, you want to protect your player, this, that, on and on we go. Please, you're telling me Seth Lugo couldn't have gone another inning? I find that hard to believe. So the end result now is that the New York Mets return after this layover, this layoff, whatever you want to call it, from Wednesday night, basically about six days, and the same team that they beat up down in Miami now comes in and shuts them out, sweeps them in two games of the doubleheader. And we get into a point in this baseball season where despite the amount of teams that make it, despite the fact that everybody's basically in it, you got to acknowledge, you got to be as real with yourself as possible. From what we have seen now in what? Almost a half a year. Have the Mets resembled quality-looking baseball team. You can't sit there and tell me yes. Have they pitched well enough? The answer is no. Have they hit well enough with runners on base? God, no. Is their defense where it needs to be? Whole lot of X's. And basically, what you watched, I think, on Tuesday was like this culmination of all this bad baseball kind of reaching a boiling point. So much for those three wins they had in Miami. Thank heavens Jacob DeGrom is on a mound on Wednesday. At least I know I have something enjoyable to watch until the Mets don't score runs for him because you know that's coming. DeGrom will probably go and give you six or seven innings, one run baseball, and the game will be tied. Or it'll be down a run. Should almost try to find a way to get odds on the fact that Jacob DeGrom won't win his respective start. Maybe the Mets will, but he won't. Because in many of these instances, last time he was on the mound, perfect example, goes against him. But this was an ugly, sad, pathetic display of baseball. And from getting shut out in back-to-back games, not being able to hit with runners on base, Porcello not giving you much, and then, of course, adding insult to injury, the clown show with Birdie and the... Bottom half of the sixth inning. Stealing second. 
delayed steal a third, and then stumbling and stealing home because your catcher wants to, you know, lollipop it back to the pitcher, and then your pitcher can't throw it accurately to the plate. Don't give me the excuse they haven't played in a while. Trust me, I'm not in the mood for it. And if you're a Met fan, you shouldn't be in the mood for it. Your general manager made it clear. Hey, we're not making excuses around here. Well, I better not hear them tomorrow or the day after that or the day after that because you better hope that August the 25th is the low watermark, the low point in this Met 2020 season. You can only help. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 